This is Speaking of Speaking. Quick tips and tools to take you from stage fright to spotlight. This podcast gives you an inside look from the world of public speaking and the speaking secrets you need to be bold from the stage, no matter what business you're in. The host of Speaking of Speaking, Carl Richards. Thank you, Matt. Yes, another edition of the Speaking of Speaking podcast. We'll be rounding out the third season shortly. Man, hard to believe we're... We've been here for three seasons and we'll be embarking on the fourth season very shortly. Today, I am very, very pleased to have another guest. Heather E. Wilson is a successful business owner, certified coach, speaker, author, warrior, change maker, risk taker, and adventure all rolled into one dynamic package. She's somebody I met about two years ago, a dear friend, and we're so pleased to have her on the show today. She is the founder and CEO of the Canadian Coach, an exclusive community designed to unite, support, and promote Canadian coaches. We'll be talking about a number of things on the show today. Heather. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Carl. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to chat. Now, one of the reasons why you're here is I didn't know your backstory. I've known you almost two years. I didn't know your backstory until we were chatting not too long ago. And you indicated that you got your start in business by speaking. And my reaction was, oh, well, we have to have you on the podcast. (laughs) Tell me how you start your business by speaking, because usually it's you start your business and then speaking becomes a part of it, but you actually started by speaking. So let's talk about that. So it's kind of a little bit of a long story and I'll try to keep it as succinct as possible, but way back in 2009, I was actually working three jobs. I've never only had one job, but I was Mm -hmm. working three jobs and I was really burnt out. But I had had this kind of previous to that, my life had kind of been a shit show. I don't know if I can say that, but it was a mess. Let's put it that way. It was a mess. And so one day I just, you know, decided "Mm, I'm changing this. And I changed my life a thousand percent. Every part of my life changed from financial to physical to relationships to everything because I decided to take control of my life and improve myself. And so, you know, people noticed and then started coming to me and asking for help. And by this time, single mom, mortgage, car, you know, all everything, paying mm-hmm. it myself. And my kids were quite small. I didn't have time to be on the phone with people, helping them change their lives and, you know, do whatever they needed to do to transform themselves. I wanted to, but I couldn't. So somebody said, you should be a speaker. I'm like, what? Who'd want to listen to me? Like, that's just like weird, right? Then I wrote a book first. So I put everything that I had done to change my life into a book called Your Life According to You. So that helped. So I would give that to people or sell that to people who needed help. I was like, here, go read this, then come talk to me. Right. And I'm still working full-time job, you know, regular working mom. And, you know, people kept saying, you should be a speaker. You should be a speaker. I'm like, fine, I'll be a speaker, you know, (laughs) twist my arm. If you want me to be a speaker, speaker because I've never had a problem speaking. Okay. Like I went to school. I was the president of the drama club, you know, the kid that was making plays with the neighborhood kids, you know, the director, the writer, the star, everything. So I've never had a problem being on stage or speaking. And so I'm like, fine, I'll be a speaker. As of right now, I am now a speaker. And that's how it started. I just drew the line in the sand, announced it that I would be a speaker. And weirdly enough, I got contacted 
by an organization that was doing kind of like a wellness day or something Mm -hmm. for their staff and invited me to speak. It was a dinner thing. So they gave me dinner. All I had to do was talk about myself for an hour and they paid me 250 bucks and gave me a meal and a gift. And I thought, holy, wow, I just got paid more in one hour than like a couple of days of working my buns off in these other jobs. Mm-hmm. So of course I would wanted to do more speaking. So that's what happened. So I just started speaking a lot and I would sell my book at my speaking gigs and things like that. And then my current job wasn't very happy that I had this outside gig, even though there was no conflict of interest, there was no crossover. They were very archaic and didn't like that. So I quit my job cold turkey and the rest is history. I be- that's the moment I became an entrepreneur. Not wow. a smart thing to do, I would say, not suggest that for everybody. Mm-hmm. So I would be at speaking gigs and people would come up to me ask for, you know, Hey, that's my story too. Can you help me? So that's how I moved into being a coach. At any point, did you think, okay, well now I need to join like a bureau or an agency to get more speaking gigs, or did they just sort of through osmosis or through law of attraction, whatever you want to call it, did they just sort of come to you? Well, they mostly came to me. I was a very major networker at the time. So I went to pretty much everything business related that I possibly could until people were saying, Heather, I see you everywhere. I'm like, yes, there's a reason for that. I did look at various bureaus and stuff, but I live on Prince Edward Island. Okay. So being a member isn't actually that beneficial in most cases. My Mm -hmm. own networking was actually much stronger and my kids were quite small. So I didn't want to do the big traveling yet. Right. So I wanted to be very tightly managing. The other thing is I speakers bureaus take a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> they take a big cut. And I was doing pretty darn good on my own. So <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need them, is I guess where I'm coming from. Because I think some people automatically get in their mind, okay, I've made a little bit of money now from speaking. I have to, if I want to speak more, I have to be part of a bureau or an agency or a group or something where my name is going to get out there. But you did it the way that, and I've said this for years, so I'm glad you mentioned that. I've been saying this for years. If you want to speak more, you have to get out there Mm -hmm. and network. You have to let people know, A, what you do. So they can have you as a speaker. You just can't say, oh, I'm a public speaker. Oh, what are you talking about? Oh, I don't know. Whatever you want me to talk about. That's not generally how it works. (laughs) There needs to be a, I'm a public speaker. I'll stand on a soapbox and share anything you want. No, there needs to be a reason for somebody to invite you to be the speaker. It's whether it's your expertise, it's because of a book you've written. Obviously, that book helped you a lot. Yes. Get speaking gigs. Without the book, you probably still would have gotten speaking gigs, but you still needed to get out there and network. I'm going to ask you this question. If you hadn't networked, do you think you would have gotten the speaking gigs the same number or do you think you would have gotten far less speaking gigs? Far less because when I was out and about, I met so many people, right? That would, oh my gosh, that's so interesting and tell me more. And so, you know, I'm a fairly hand talker enthusiastic speaker. (laughs) So, you know, I'm really good in person. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, the networking was critical. Absolutely. And then once I started speaking, 
I almost got a speaking gig from every speaking gig. So someone in the audience would be, oh my gosh, I need you to come talk to my group and so on and so on and so on. Mm -hmm. So it was all done through networking and from asking, that's key, the people that originally had me, if they know anyone else who might need a speaker. Right. And then it went and just snowballed on its own until I got to the point where I really didn't want to speak that much, you know, and then I dialed it back. But now I only do it very rarely because I'm so busy with my other stuff. But for the public speaking, yeah, it was networking and asking. Let's talk about the Canadian coach because I know you're the founder of that. This podcast isn't just for coaches, but a lot of people who are speakers are also coaches and consultants. And I know that it's a community that you have built. I'm part of that community and I'm very proud to be a part of that community. And then we're going to shift a little bit. We can't talk about gin too much, but we can talk about one of your other loves, which is gin and the cookbook. But let's talk about the Canadian coach first, because that's certainly a project that just from being a part of it that you love, you nurture, and it's a great community of people who are, again, looking for opportunities to meet other coaches, to network, and to feel like they're part of a community. Absolutely. So the Canadian coach came about because I was looking for a community. I was looking for coaching friends. So it makes me sound like a lonely loser, but it's not really the case. (laughs) Ultimately, I love hanging out with other coaches. And, you know, like any industry, you kind of want to talk shop, right? Sure. But living on an island with a very small population, there's not really too many coaches here. So... I started looking for other coaches and what had also happened was down South in the U S you know, some interesting political things had been happening and Canadians weren't as open to going to the U S for training for, you know, all their live events, all that stuff. And so I just suddenly had this huge influx of Canadian coaches coming to me for help with their businesses. And of course, being who I am, I saw the opportunity. I'm like, well, doesn't exist. I looked and looked and looked, does not exist. I'm going to create it. And so I started with just a little Facebook group. We had over 50 members in one day. So that kind of proved to me, and they weren't people I knew. They were not people I knew. Mm. So that proved to me that it was viable. And it just kind of snowballed then into the membership. And, you know, we did do live events pre-COVID, of course. All the trainings and the getting together and like everything. And it's such a robust community that is specifically targeted to the professional coach in Canada to support them because it can be very isolating and very lonely when you work by yourself. Even if you do have a VA or assistant or someone to help you, it still can be a very lonely business, right? And so that was ultimately uh, how it started. And now, you know, we have coaches literally from coast to coast. We have coaches from across the country. We have trainings that are, you've done a training, you know. I have. have. (laughs) You have done a training, you know. And my ultimate goal is to put the Canadian coaching industry on the world stage. That Well said. Because if I can stand on the soapbox with you, (laughs) I think that coaching in Canada is, how do I say it? Not way underserviced, but way underappreciated. Correct. A lot of people, when they're looking for a coach, where do they go? They go to a name that they know. So they go to one of the large, well-established gurus or thought leaders from the state. So they'll go to a Jack Canfield or they'll go to a Tony Robbins. And there's nothing wrong at all with those coaches. Nothing at all. But you know as well as I do, there are equally as talented, possibly more 
compassionate in the sense that when you find a coach, when you sign on with a coach in Canada, typically you're not getting the subordinate of that coach or the subordinates, subordinates, subordinate. You're getting that individual. You might be part of a community because maybe that coach has been extremely successful because there are some extremely successful coaches in Canada, but they're not as recognized and they're not usually the ones that you think of first. You think of, I need a business coach. I'm going to look up business coaching and I'm going to get 10, 15, 20 names. And I'm probably going to guarantee you and you'll probably agree with me. And then I want you to comment on this, that most of them, 90% or more, are either south of the border or they're a name overseas from maybe the UK or Europe or other parts of Europe. Yeah, I completely agree. And that's one reason why we do have a Canadian coach directory. You know, that was really important to me is to get people out there known a little more. But the other thing I can tell you, Having worked with a lot of these big gurus, I've actually really worked with a lot of these big names down south, and you don't get what you think you're getting. Mm -hmm. You will never get that person unless you are willing to spend, you know, $500,000. I should say $100,000. A lot more more in many cases, right? Most of those guru type coaches are not coaches anymore. They're just Mm -hmm. trainers and entertainers and they're creators, right? They create programs that then their staff implements. So if you're Mm -hmm. actually looking for a true transformation in your business, your health, your life, your whatever, wherever your challenge, your your podcast or your podcast, you know, if you're really looking for help, particularly if it's, you know, one-on-one help, you're way better off going to a solopreneur or a smaller coach or what you think Mm -hmm. is a smaller coach. Um, than these big, these big ones. And not there's anything wrong. As you said, they have wonderful programs, but it's a completely different experience. Yep. Like I still coach one-on-one. I do have staff. I do have group programs. I do do trainings, but I want to help. That's ultimately why we became coaches Mm -hmm. is to serve and to help others in some way, shape or form. Well said. Very well said. And you hit the nail right on the head there. I think coaches, when they get into it, they get into it to serve. Yes. And the ones that are still serving, in my opinion, are the ones that are still doing one-on-one training, even if it's, you know, there are some very, like I said, there are some successful coaches in Canada that might do less one-on-one training because they have hit a certain level in their coaching business or career where they don't have to do as much one-on-one coaching as they did before. They can offer group programs. They have evergreen material that's out there that still though is in the spirit of what they're doing. They haven't hired, you know, 500 subordinates to go and spread the word of what they do. They're still connected. They're still the heart and soul. They have their finger on the pulse, as it were, to what their coaching business does because they're still the face of it. Absolutely. And that's why you see me on the group calls and you see me in the Facebook group and you see me in all these places. Yes, I have other businesses and yes, I do other things, but it's like my child, right? (laughs) You know, like I created this. I'm not going to just feed it to the wolves, you know? So yeah, I think it's really important for a coach to one, walk their talk yeah, and be authentic and Mm -hmm. show up. Don't just keep hiring away all your stuff. Now, yes, I have assistance because I couldn't do this without assistance, but I do all the coaching. 
That's a phenomenal, phenomenal way to put it because I was always taught do what you're good at for the rest get somebody else to do it to help you out. If your car needs fixing and you're not a mechanic, don't try and fix it. Especially now it's all computer and circuitry (laughs) now. Anyways, it's less of a car than they were before, but hire the expert, right? And -hmm. let yourself do what you're good at, which if you're a coach and if you're listening and you're a coach, be a coach, keep doing a coach and, and hire out, like Heather said, to do that. Great messaging there. I want to shift gears though, because I want to talk about one of your other loves and we can't dive too much into this, but I do want to talk about it because I think it's really important to mention this because of your journey, you have a podcast that is an extension of speaking, right? Correct. But it's not the speaking that you've done before. It's talking about gin. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So I am a multifaceted woman. And we know this, apparently. You know, I have many passions and loves. And with my spouse, Larry, and I, we love gin. And I don't mean just like, oh, let's just go out drinking and drink gin. We are like, for people who like wine, you know, we go to tastings, we go to distilleries. It's all about the flavor profile and describing it and all these cool things. And so, yeah, I started a podcast after watching your training on how to do a podcast, by the way, it totally inspired me. And I'm like, I can totally do that as long as Carl, you know, is the editor and does all the producing and all that. I can record a podcast. Helps you behind the scenes. Yes, exactly. And so I started Ginspired, which is the name of the podcast, not just to, oh, here's a gin I like, which is actually almost never happens. It's to find out the ginspiring stories behind the distilleries, behind the gin enthusiasts, behind the experts, behind everybody, because there are so many inspiring stories in relationship to gin. And of course, we talk about cocktails and we have fun and we laugh and, you know, we share funny stories, but ultimately it's ginspiring. Yes, it is. And what's interesting is when you went to launch this podcast and we were having our initial discussion mm-hmm. and you were just saying some of the things you had planned that you had, you know, the gin shop. And by the way, we'll be posting all these links in the show notes. So if you want to find out more about the podcast, the ginshop.ca, which is... <laughs> Heather's gin store, but then also the gin cookbook. I'll let Heather say a couple mm-hmm. words about that in a moment. But when we were first talking about Ginspired, I don't even think we had a name yet. Anyways, we were trying to find out how many gin podcasts were actually out there. And we found what, maybe half a dozen, but they weren't even Not to the active. same. Yeah. They weren't even to the same level that yours is like, they were about, oh, how do I describe it? Like if you were to go to this podcast channel right now that you're listening on, whether it be Mm -hmm. Apple or Spotify, whatever it is, you could find podcasts about scotch. You could find podcasts about wine and, you know, sommelier. You could find podcasts, uber number of podcasts about food, Mm -hmm. but you can't find podcasts. Oh, and by the way, cooking with certain, you know, wines and pairings, all that stuff. You can find all podcasts about that. You cannot find, or we couldn't find one, I can find one now. Yes, now you can. (laughs) Now I can. But we couldn't find a podcast about gin and certainly not in the way that you wanted to portray it. No, absolutely not. And every gin podcast that I saw, one was out of date. They hadn't put any episodes up since like 2018 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And the ones that were, it was more like they're just sitting down with their friends drinking 
and talking about drinking, right? And that's yeah. not what we're about. We're actually more about the stories and helping distilleries get their brands out there and just trying new things and cooking with gin and like just all these different amazing things and ways you could do. Like, you know, I could talk about gin all day long. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've been a guest on your podcast a few yes. times. Every now and again, I get a message from saying, Carl, my guest bailed. Let's talk about gin. And I'm like, okay, let's do it again. And that's cool. I really appreciate that. But yes, I know that you're, and from having chatted with you on your podcast, the passion shines through, your knowledge shines through, the real you mm. shines through. Yes. Because that's how you've approached everything. Pretty much in business. And I'm assuming in your life too, is that if you want the real Heather, there is no on off switch. Correct. You're going to get the real Heather. <laughs> that is correct. And all the time or you leave it because <laughs> take yes. it, don't leave it, yeah. take it because you'll yeah, learn a lot. Exactly. Actually. All right. And let's talk about the gin cookbook because I know that that's been a passion project of yours for, well, actually tell me when did that actual journey begin for you? It began in Temple Bar, Dublin, Ireland, 2019, <laughs> fall of. And the recording date on this podcast is November 5th, 2021. So it's been yeah. a labor of love for, or it's been in the works for two years, basically. Two years, correct. It has taken yeah. two years to, well, not the writing, actually. The writing <laughs> I did all during the initial winter of 2020. Then it was tested all during lockdown of, you know, last year. And then this year we did the food photography, which is its own journey and the getting it to print and distribution and all that writing is easy part, all that other stuff. Oh my gosh. That's where the hard part is. But yeah, so it's a cookbook that uses gin in every recipe. And what most people you might say, Oh, I don't like gin. Well, that's like saying, well, I don't like any wine or I don't like any beer. Now, if you don't drink alcohol, then fine. I get it. You're sure you don't like it. Right. But gin is a category like every other spirit. Mm -hmm. And if you are normal kind of drinker person who likes to try different things, you probably had a weird, bad experience as a young adult with a nasty gin that, and you're like, Oh, it tastes like pine trees. I don't like it. And then you've given up on gin for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not like that. Right. So gin is really in its own right now. It's major category. I say you just haven't found the gin you like yet. Right. And so gin at its heart is a neutral spirit with botanicals, botanicals, herbs and spices. What do you cook with herbs and spices? It was a natural to put it in cooking, but nobody had ever done it. So again, yeah. and you might catch a pattern here. I tend to do <laughs> things for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, I can do that. And hence we have a cookbook. Blazing her own trail everywhere she goes. Heather E. Wilson. Exactly. And we're going to post the links to the cookbook as well. So mm. all the links. So we're going to post the links to the Canadian coach. You have a resource as well yep. that you wanted to offer. PDF yes, it is. Discover your coaching superpower quiz. Love it. It's a free quiz. I love it. So we'll superpower. put that in the links. We'll link to... The cookbook. We'll link to all of her businesses for you, yeah. which is the gin shop. Plus, we're going to link to obviously the Canadian coach. Yep. 
and whatever else Heather thinks we should link to, whatever that is. Go ahead. What else should we link to? Oh, I can give you all sorts. But no, <laughs> if you're into gin at all, I have lots of various social medias that you can follow us on. I'd love mm-hmm. it if you did that. And then, of course, the Canadian Coach also has, you know, Facebook and Instagram and all that. So I can give you all those too. Awesome. Excellent. Yeah. We'll make sure that all those links are in the show notes. Oh my goodness. Heather, this has been a phenomenal conversation. It has been been really fun. Has gone in a few different directions. It has. We tend to do that though. We don't even need to hit record to have this happen, but we did this time just so we could capture the essence of this. So thank you so much for being my guest. Before I let you go, I want to give you the, uh, the opportunity for a final thought. Sure. Ultimately take 100% responsibility for your life no matter what that looks like and live your life to the fullest now because you don't know if tomorrow is coming. Awesome. Heathery Wilson. Thanks so much for being my guest today. Thank you, Carl. And remember, get out there and own the platform. Thanks for listening to the Speaking of Speaking podcast. Fired up about something you heard today? Want to learn more? Be sure to visit carlspeaks.ca. And don't forget to follow Carl on Twitter at CarlRichard72 or join the Facebook group Speaking of Speaking. 